This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Welcome to In Person with Dina Marie, our daily walk with Jesus Christ, our Blessed Mother, and the saints in our everyday lives. Guests include priests, religious, husbands and wives, missionaries, authors, speakers, evangelists, and you. Explore the joy of the gospel as we share stories from the heart and how to navigate our journey of faith day by day. And now, In Person with Dina Marie on Modern Day Radio. Welcome to our in-person series. I'm your host, Dina Marie. Each weekday at this time, we come together and continue to go on pilgrimage, continue to walk deeper into the heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And these stations dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary, it is such a pleasure and a privilege to be able to share the light of Jesus Christ. And as our Blessed Mother said yes and brought Jesus Christ into the world in a very particular way that the Lord has made, that we continue to bring His message of hope and light into the world. No matter what darkness we might be walking in right now in our lives, particularly in the cases of relationships. That seems to be a pretty dramatic one in our lives because we are surrounded by community, whether it's our own family, our working community, our parish community, the community that surrounds our children. Uh, That is such an important part of who we are. God has given us community, and when relationships have been damaged, when there's been trust broken, when there's been betrayal, when there's been abandonment, when there's been hurt and pain, it's really hard to move forward in different relationships and even to trust others to come into our heart, into our lives. And yet the Lord promises healing through his most perfect love. And how do we accompany one another on a road to healing? We're going to talk more about that, that particularly in the context of divorce and marriage and that most basic cell of society within the family. And that begins between the union between one man and one woman in that particular beautifully designed union of hope and of life. A Road to Healing, one of the books, actually a reflection book written by Lisa Duffy, another one we had a chance to uncover just a little bit earlier this month is The Catholic Guide to Dating After Divorce. And when I started to talk with Lisa, I knew that just 10 minutes was not nearly enough time to hear about her road to recovery, but it's not her journey, it's our journey of faith and life and a hopefulness after a difficult situation and her particular experience experiencing divorce and now experiencing a Christ-filled and prosperous marriage. Lisa Duffy, thanks for coming back on the program this morning. Dina Marie, thanks so much for having me back. I really appreciate it. Well, I know you shared with us a little bit about your background, but I want to have you just go back for our listeners and give us a sense of just a little bit of the faith formation you received, the family that that really contributed to your faith, and also maybe an identity of what marriage is supposed to be, what I think marriage should be, what I'm seeing as an example, and those that are surrounding me. What was some of that impression for you growing up? Well, that's a great way to start this. Um, I am a Southern California native. I was born and raised there 30 years, and I came from a traditional Catholic family. I've been Catholic all my life, and I had great examples of what marriage should be. You know, there is no perfect marriage, so I'm not going to say that every marriage that I was surrounded with between my parents and my uh, relatives was absolutely perfect and sunshine all the time. But um, they loved each other, they stuck by each other, no matter what, and uh, I had a very uh, happy childhood. So when it came to my time to get married, uh, that's what I was signing up for, Mm -hmm. and um, I was in it wholeheartedly. When my divorce occurred very much against my will, um, it, it was devastating, and I have to admit, I began having a bit of a faith crisis because... I said to myself, well, all my life I have believed that marriage is forever. It's permanent. It's exclusive. And now this, and how do I reconcile this? Uh, If if that's not true, what else have I believed is not true? Mm. So it, it caused me to really think deeply and seriously about all the beliefs that I held. And it was actually a good thing for me because it made me, in the end, a very... 
strong, a stronger Catholic. I was much stronger in my faith and much more committed to the fact that marriage is permanent. I just knew that I had done it wrong the first time. Mm. So I went through the annulment process in 1997. Actually, that was when I received my decree of nullity. And I believe that my vocation was to marriage after everything. I did do a little discernment to the religious life. And I just knew my calling was to marriage. So um, God blessed me with meeting a wonderful man, and we're going to be celebrating 17 years Mm. of remarriage this June. So I'm very excited. Praise God. Lisa Duffy with us, and one of her latest books, The Catholic Guide for Dating After Divorce. Maybe let's step back and walk through some of those steps that you needed to go through. And you mentioned that you experienced divorce um, against your will, so to speak, that this wasn't something that you intended to do. Um, This was something, I don't know, to you, but yet how do we respond to a situation in a relationship where somebody says, I'm just going to leave, whatever those decisions are. What were some of those initial feelings uh, that you had to cope with in that beginning of oh, I'm going to be going through a divorce. Well, um, I'd have to say, you know, it, it kind of evolves over time. In those first days and weeks, um, I'm sorry if it sounds cliched, but it's very true. You really kind of have to learn how to breathe again, mm-hmm. how to put one foot in front of the other again and start walking forward because it's like being hit by a truck or a bomb going off in your life. There's total destruction, and you have to learn how to kind of get your feet back on the ground, put a smile on your face, and and go to work, uh, because life keeps moving. So in those early days and weeks, it's very, very difficult just to kind of get your focus and and move forward in a normal way. And as time goes on, then, you know, you have to start dealing with the anger, the resentment, the um, the shock starts wearing off and gives way to uh, all kinds of other powerful emotions. And you really do have to learn how to navigate your way through that. And in that book, uh, The Catholic Guide to Dating After Divorce, I cite an example um, of my own, which is, you know, everybody, when they find out that you're divorced, they have the perfect person to set you up with. <laughs> and, you know, they they want... And you know what? In a way, you have to kind of um, think about it. They don't want to see you unhappy, and that's why they're doing it. It may not be the right thing, but that's why they're doing it. And so you start dating, and you tend to use dating as a pain reliever. You know, someone finds me attractive, interesting, it's exciting, it's exhilarating, and um, that can make you think that that's going to take care of the pain, but it doesn't. And so I really caution people against dating that quickly and dating before they've received a decree of nullity Mm -hmm. because it's just going to add more pain and more heartache in the end if you go down that road. Right. Talking with Lisa Duffy, her website is lisaduffy.com, A Road to Healing, The Catholic Guide to Dating After Divorce, and Divorced Catholic Now What, also with a workbook, and really to start to go through these steps, you've really been able to, through your own experience, and, and probably learning through others, how do we cope? You're Catholic, you mentioned the the instrumental faith life of your parents and those around you growing up, Lisa, of how that influenced you, but there was this doubt is now touching your heart. What about my faith? Maybe share a little bit about that struggle of your faith at that time of experiencing and going through those first stages of divorce and then trying to figure out, well, what do I do next? And where does this faith now fit into my life? Great question. And um, I think it's really important to highlight this because I'm sure I'm not the only one that went through this. Um, You know, it's that it's that kind of, it's almost a victim, a feeling of being victimized. It's like, God, why are you allowing this to happen? I, I go to Mass every Sunday. I raise my children, you know, in the faith. I, I do all these things. I volunteer, whatever I do. How can you allow this to happen to me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's hard not to think that because it is such an unjust thing to happen. To, to a spouse who is committed for life and to suddenly find themselves in this 
very shameful position. Um, it's it's really hard, and so I think that's those are natural questions. But what happened with me was when I finally stopped shaking my fist at God and settled down, which took a while. I was able to to see a few things. Number one was you know. God told us, or Jesus told us, that um, if we were going to follow him, we had to pick up our cross and, and, you know, not complain. We had to follow him in that way. And this was a cross that had been brought on in my life. And it was not my doing, but it was my spouse's doing. And this was my new normal. This is what I had to deal with. So um, when I was able to as I said, settle down a little bit and see that, okay, this is going to be my path for at least a little while. Then it was a little easier to pick up that cross. It was a little easier to entertain the idea of forgiveness um, and so on. So that kind of led me down a very different path once I stopped blaming God and once I stopped blaming others for what had happened to me. And I think that that cross in the end was a great gift because um, now I'm able to help other people who are suffering, and that is a great gift. It, it really is. And it, it gives me great compassion for those who may be on the fringes of the church or feeling like an outcast. Mm-hmm. Lisa, in, those, in that period of time, experiencing divorce and moving through some of those stages, where did you find yourself in relationship with the church, with the church community? Did you find a person, a group of people, the sacrament of reconciliation? What were some of those things, or were there things there that you took advantage of in those steps moving through that divorce? Right. Um, So this happened to me in 1993, and I was living in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. And the only thing I could find at that time, unfortunately, was a support group about 20 miles away from where I lived. And um, it was a separated, widowed, and divorced group. And, you know, it had good points because it helped me. I went about four or five times. And it helped me to see that I was not alone in my suffering. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. Because, you, you know, especially with divorce, you feel like you're the only one uh, who's going through this. But divorce and the loss of a spouse through, um, through death is very different in, in the grief experience. So for that, you know, particular reason, I didn't stay very long because it was hard to, to be productive in the moving forward aspect um, I just didn't, there weren't a lot of people there who were divorced. They were mainly widows and mm-hmm. widowers. So uh, it had its good and bad side. But after that, um, I went in search of books, really couldn't find anything from a Catholic perspective. And so, you know, seven years later, that's what compelled me to start writing and, and to um, design the parish program, Journey of Hope, because I just knew that you know, the pain and suffering was out there, and it was being unaddressed. And I really wanted to do it from a Catholic perspective. Right, right. At that point, I guess, where along the lines did you have uh, an introduction to the annulment process? Was this something that you were aware of at the time? Or how did you even kind of discover, is this something that I want to pursue in my healing process? You know, Dina Marie, I was very confused uh, mm-hmm. to begin with. I I don't think I really knew that there was an annulment process until the divorce happened. Yeah. But I was uh, seeing a really wonderful Catholic priest um, there in Los Angeles uh, for the first month or so after this happened, and he talked to me about the annulment process, and he. Uh, he was he had a very positive outlook on the annulment process, but other people that were talking to me did not, and so I was really kind of uh, intimidated and a little fearful. Mm-hmm. I I didn't want to do anything that um, was wrong or erroneous as it appeared to be in some people's eyes, but um, I think in the end I just really took the advice of this great priest, Father Joe, and I went ahead. I started it. But to, to be fair, I dropped the ball 
because I moved to the East Coast um, to try and restart my life. So I, I didn't end up um, picking that back up until 1995 on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're in this position where a lot of people are at least aware. We don't really know about annulment. There's still a lot of misconceptions about what annulment is, and particularly whether you're Catholic or not Catholic, what those, what that pieces of information are and how they're presented, whether they're in the church and the media likes to take over and, and misrepresent a lot of how the church approaches yeah. marriage and remarriage, as you mentioned. Lisa Duffy is our guest today. I encourage you to visit her website, lisaduffy.com. Right there on the front, she has her resources. Sources, including A Road to Healing and then Divorce Catholic Now What and the Dating Guide, uh, the Catholic Guide to Dating After Divorce, and all sorts of blogs with information here or there. Lisa, when you relocated um, from Los Angeles way over to the East Coast, uh, when did you kind of reconnect with that idea of, okay, I started to learn about this thing called annulment. Uh, I, I think there might be something about healing that's part of this process. What helped you to reconnect with that process uh, where you moved to? Um, you know, I'm going to be very frank here, and uh, I have to admit that the anger that I felt early on really kind of was, um, it, it drove a wedge between me and God mm-hmm. for a little while, a short period of time. And in that time, I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of poor choices, all in the name of healing. And it was kind of the the world's way of healing. Uh, And I think that there came a time, it was in my first year and a half there on the East Coast, where I just hit rock bottom, meaning I felt very depressed and very anxious because I knew... Uh, I was so far away from being the woman that God had created me to be. I was just so far away, and I was on uh, the wrong path. There was no question. And, you know, my parents had formed my conscience well, so I understood what the ramifications were if I kept going down the wrong path. And that was the moment that God's grace united with that moment of recognition, and I just had to go running back to him. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I scheduled a time for a general confession. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you make an appointment with your parish priest and you can spend uh, 45 minutes or an hour, whatever you need, to confess a significant period of time. And that's what I did. I confessed from the time of my divorce until that day. And that was life-changing for me. The grace that came into my life the um, message that that priest gave me that I was not, that God had not abandoned me and the church had not abandoned me, mm. that it was, that I was still welcome, that I was still loved. It was, it was just amazing. And that was the turning point for me. I changed my life. I actually quit my job. I know not everybody has that luxury, but I did it, and I moved to a totally different town with new people, new friends, and uh, it's been uphill from there. Praise God. Mm, praise God. Lisa Duffy with us on Mater Day Radio, A Road to Healing, and her parish program is a journey of hope. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that because, again, we really want to find those ways in which we can come together as community filled with those sacraments and to really embrace the sacramental life and to go through those difficult parts in our journey. Because Jesus did sit pick up your cross and follow me. Don't just do that alone, but follow me. And he does give us a community to follow him in and to be in communion is what we're called to be. Stay with us here as we continue our discussion with Lisa Duffy. Again, visit her online at lisaduffy.com. I'm Dina Marie, your host of In Person on Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Lakeside Mercedes Repair. Since 1976, Lakeside Mercedes Repair has specialized in the maintenance and repair of Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Located in Tigard on Bonita Road, online at lakesidemercedesrepair.com or 503-620-8021. Hello, this is Emily Jaminette with A Mother's Moment. While taking my daughter for a walk the other day, I spent some time thinking about how I was once the little person holding my own mother's hand and seeing the world for the first time. 
I was once the child and now I am the mother. Motherhood is a gift to be able to enter into an ongoing circle of life. Each stage in our life is another opportunity to grow in our love for God and to spread this love to others. Now that I am the mother, I no longer say things like, if I were the parent, I would do this, like the famous words from our son. I no longer hold grudges over unfair punishments. The reality is now I am the mother and I see how difficult it is to be fair and just. Despite motherhood being difficult at times, it is important we must never forget that God our Father wants to guide us much like we guide our own children. He is always offering us the Blessed Mother as an ongoing role model of faith, hope, and love, and who wants to help us in our mothering. So allow this time of motherhood to be an opportunity of healing and forgiveness. We were once the child, now we are the mother, and God willing, someday we will be a grandmother. The circle of the feminine genius is extraordinary. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, please help us to forgive others, to grow in our motherhood, and to see this as an opportunity. Amen. And may we be a light in the world by forgiving those of our past and continuing the circle of love and life. Mater Day Radio reminds you that Lent begins on Ash Wednesday, March 1st. Prepare for the journey to Easter with this plan from Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. We should be asking a deeper question, how is my life going to be a blessing to Christ and then to the church and then to all of society? I think that's the deeper question that we need to ask. The first thing is to get to know Jesus more intimately. And the way to do that is to spend 15 minutes a day just reading the gospel. Just Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and just get to know Jesus more intimately. Also, spending personal time with Jesus. If you can spend 10, 15 minutes before the Lord in adoration, that adds a deeper level of intimacy because you're right there with the Lord. Are you listening to God's voice and cooperating with what God wants to do in your life and allowing that voice to change your life? That's the key. Get ready for Lent with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers and Ken Hellanius on Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 and ready to download now at MonterdayRadio.com, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Matre Day Radio's in-person series, Monday through Friday mornings at 8 o'clock, also in the evenings at 8 p.m. And you can catch our Encore programs 24 hours a day online at matradayradio.com. Visit our Facebook page as well as we enter this time of Lent very soon. Lots of opportunities for you to come together, whether it's a Stations of the Cross, an opportunity for retreat, and a time for healing. We are on a road to healing with Lisa Duffy, our our guest today. Several books are posted on her website, author, blogger, relationship and divorce recovery expert, and she has put together through her own experience a particular journey of hope. Lisa's been sharing a little bit about her experience, uh, experiencing divorce around 1993 and moving through a process of healing. And you mentioned, Lisa, in sharing a little bit about one of the first support groups that you attended, there were a lot of people there who experienced uh, being widowed, their spouse had died. And there's a difference that you experienced in somebody who has experienced a divorce, their spouse, ex-spouse is still living, and one who has been widowed. Share a little bit about the journey you went through in terms of forgiveness and healing or how we can deal with that. Because if that person is still around and we have extreme hurt, abandonment, betrayal, all of those emotions, experiences in a relationship that has ended in divorce. How do you even look at, can I forgive that person? How do I forgive that person if I want to move on? Yes, that's a very, very important question. Because for many people, myself included in the beginning, uh, it seems like the impossible task. Not only does it seem impossible, but... um, you know, the hurt is so deep and so complex because you're rejected on so many different levels um, and the losses on so many different levels that it's hard to even think about saying, sure, I'll forgive that person. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so unjust, um, the idea uh, or what has happened. So it seems impossible to do, but it's just like anything else that's difficult you have to just get to a place where you can say, okay, I'm going to consider maybe thinking about possibly someday forgiving that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of sometimes start way, way out there just to kind of be able to move 
forward a little bit every day to where you can get to that point of forgiveness. For some people, it takes a very long time. And it's okay as long as you are moving forward, as long as you're moving toward it. If you're just not interested in forgiving ever, then your life is going to be very difficult Mm -hmm. and you're not going to heal completely because there's no real healing without forgiveness. And in in my case, um, once I was able to move past that resentment and remember things like, you know, if I don't forgive, then I won't be forgiven. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I did find a way to, and I called my ex-spouse up and I told him I forgive you. Um, and it was a very freeing event in my life. But even more than that, you still have to forgive every day. I have a little acronym I like to throw around. It's PFED, and that just stands for Practice Forgiveness Every Day because mm-hmm. it's a never-ending event in life. Um, Those memories come back uh, and just get you angry all over again, or you have to exchange kids with your spouse, or something happens and you're angry all over again. You have to forgive again. That's what Jesus calls us to do. Yeah. You mentioned having that general confession time and being able to spend additional time with the priest to really look at those elements in your life where you, and you said, I had a good conscience. I know I was formed well, and yet I was making these decisions that were not leading me in a relationship with Christ to have that time. Can you talk a little bit more about how important that is? I think people have a fear of being judged. I'm not really sure. Uh, Can I go into this (laughs) opportunity for healing and a confessional? Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I don't know why I always knew about general confession, because I don't believe I had ever made one, mm-hmm. but it just uh, had occurred to me at that point in time that this was something that I could do. And I, I actually um, was very nervous. Uh, I was afraid of being judged, but I just, you know, there was so much guilt and shame that went along, not just with the the mistakes that I had made, but just with being divorced, having that label. And um, I didn't know any of the priests there, really. Um, Even though I went to Mass, I had never stopped going to Mass. It was just like uh, punching a time card, you know. Mm -hmm. I I met my obligation, goodbye. So I didn't really know any of the priests. So I, I asked someone I knew for a recommendation and they also sent me to a Father Joe. <laughs> um, so uh, this priest was wonderful because he let me talk. And it was almost like the floodgates opening. Once I got in there, and I think I probably was talking myself out of it all the way to the moment I walked in the room. But once I got in there and started talking, it, it just all came out. It was like poison that was coming mm-hmm. out, and he did not utter a word. He let me talk as long as I wanted and say everything. He offered me tissue when I cried, and when it was when I was done, um, and I believe we were in there for at least an hour, uh, he, he told me, he gave me those words that changed everything for me, is that God has not abandoned you. If anything, he's had his hand on your shoulder the entire time. Yeah. And that still brings tears to my mm-hmm. eyes, but um, it was so true, and it was a message of hope. And I encourage anyone who needs something like that to make that appointment mm-hmm. with your priest or find someone that you know recommends priest and, and go do that, because it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned the grace, that after that day, things changed in your life. You received a grace that comes through what we know in the Catholic Church as that sacrament of reconciliation. Yes, you know, uh, I believe not only did I have the grace, uh, did I receive the grace for remorse Mm -hmm. for the way of life I had been living, but I believe I received a great grace of courage because I from that point forward, I didn't want anything to get in the way of my relationship with God. Nothing was more important to me at that point than getting to heaven. And so, um, as I had mentioned before, I quit my job. I, I did give two weeks' notice, but I was in a management position, and um, 
I, I had to leave because the environment there was not conducive to me living a Christian life. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have anything to go to, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, that's where the courage part comes in. But it was something I had to do. I mean, my relationship with God was far more important. So I, in faith, I, I quit. I gave him two weeks' notice. And before the two weeks' notice was even up, uh, my brother had told me that a Catholic newspaper was moving into the area so I was able to um, interview with the National Catholic Register and um, go work for them, which was a, another beautiful gift. So I think that the graces that God pours out are unique to the person and their situation, yeah. but they're always just what they need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you mentioned, Lisa, and I think as we look to the scriptures and the gospel, Jesus tells us, especially I just think about the woman uh, at the well, and he says, go and sin no more, uh, encountering, well, the woman who's being stoned to, mm-hmm. to death. And so he's giving that choice to us to change our lives, that, that we, now we leave that confessional, we've received something special, and yet we still have to make that decision to, as you said, I need to leave this environment. There, I have to make some changes. The Lord will be with me, but there's something that he's expecting us to do, and that's to pick up the cross and follow me. Yes. <laughs> yes, and it's all just a, a very beautiful process. Once you can set aside, once you can overcome some of those emotions, I mean, it's hard to set them aside because they're mm-hmm. very intrusive, and they, they come like, you know, they, the waves in the ocean, they just kind of crash over you, and it's, it's hard to control that. But if you understand that God is always there with you, he's always there with you, and yes, it is our choice, which is another beautiful thing. It's, it's our choice to follow him or not, and it's our choice to follow him with love or with resentment. But he's always there, and he's going to give us every grace that we need to succeed if we are faithful to him. And that is really, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I had to change my environment, mm-hmm. because I knew it was up to me, and I knew if I stayed any longer, uh, I would become weak again, and I'd be in a world of hurt again. Yeah. Self-awareness is so important to really understand what's, where, what is my environment, and to choose what environments I you know what, this is not respectful for me, for the people that I'm I'm with. I need to move to an environment where I can provide that respect and receive that respect and dignity. And dignity is so key when we're looking at relationships. Lisa Duffy is with us by phone. LisaDuffy.com is her website. And you mentioned, Lisa, something about the steps when you've you've experienced divorce and you mentioned maybe going through, uh, don't date right away. Uh, Talk a little bit more about that dating perspective in the process of divorce and healing, because part of your book, Dating After Divorce, when would be the right time to look at, is it, is it maybe the discerning process of dating again after divorce? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that there are two uh, important aspects of that answer. One of them is, you know, to, if you're going to give your heart away to someone else, you want it to be free to love. And if, you know, let's take me, for example, you know, a couple months out of my divorce, my heart was definitely not free to give away. There was no room to love anyone else because uh, it was full of anger Mm. and um, just all the emotions. Rage, I think, uh, is probably a good description. Mm -hmm. At some point, I was just in a rage all the time. Um, and you feel victimized and all these things, well, you know, that's not a heart that can love properly that, or that is free to love. There are so many negative attachments. So, you know, you definitely want to be in a place where you feel prepared to love again, not to just put a Band-Aid over it, uh, over the pain. So you want your heart to be free. But then also you need to understand that the Church considers all marriages to be valid unless proven otherwise by the annulment process. So um, you're really not free to marry mm-hmm. if you only have a divorce decree, a civil divorce decree. But the, the annulment process is so much more than just figuring out if you had a valid bond with your ex-spouse or not. It's 
it's going to be a lot more than just giving you a decree that says, yes, you're free or no, you're not free. There's going to be so much growth, spiritual growth and emotional growth that comes from going through that questionnaire and facing the truth of what happened, the choices you made, the choices your spouse made, and where there was a lack of maturity or where, you know, all the different things. You get to learn from that past. It's so key. And that helps you make better choices in the future. So who doesn't want that for mm-hmm. going into a new relationship? No one wants to go through another divorce. So it's so beneficial, the healing and the growth that happens when you go through the annulment process with a sincere intention. Yeah. You mentioned um, having that label of divorce, and maybe you can share a little bit about your experience, just how you've been able to cope in those initial years of we 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 fill out any application marry divorce i mean you just there's this this label uh that identifies our relationships and that can be really awkward it can be as you mentioned um shameful to to admit and i'm going to church and i'm going to meet new people and then they're going to ask you you know are you married and and you mm-hmm. have to go through that again maybe talk a little bit about that yeah thank you for bringing that up um it's something that's very difficult to put into words, mm-hmm. that feeling of being a divorced Catholic. You know, certainly there's this, you feel like you're wearing a big scarlet D. Uh, you feel like everybody knows you are a failure. Um, and some of that is self-inflicted mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because of the guilt um, and the shame. Some of that is not. Sometimes, you know, people are don't treat you well. Um, but I think that... Uh, it's just, it's, you're, it's like a bomb went off in your life, but you're still expected to, to move ahead with life. You're still expected mm-hmm. to go to work. You're still expected to take care of all your responsibilities and deal with other people, be a good neighbor, stuff like that. But inside, you're carrying this horrible, horrible wound, and it is a palpable pain. You can't take a Tylenol for it. You can't, you know, I think that's why a lot of people have problems with drinking or, or other issues during this time because, it, gosh, the pain is always there. It's always with you from the time you open your eyes until you go to bed. And um, it's just a fire that you have to walk through. Um, and that's why staying close to your faith is so very important because um, that's what's going to get you through it. That's that life preserver that's going to get you through this very, very difficult time that people don't understand, and and that's what's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Lisa Duffy, A Road to Healing, Daily Reflections for Divorced Catholics, and her latest, The Catholic Guide to Dating After Divorce. You can find her online. It's lisaduffy.com. Stay with us on our in-person series as we continue to reflect and look at her Journey of Hope program and how you in a parish and a community may be able to take advantage of this program and bring it to your local church community. Stay with us here on Matre Day Radio on this Thursday morning. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Lakeside Mercedes Repair. Since 1976, Lakeside Mercedes Repair has specialized in the maintenance and repair of Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Located in Tigard on Bonita Road, online at lakesidemercedesrepair.com or 503-620-8021. Welcome back to our in-person series on Matre Day Radio. Love to have you join us 24 hours a day online at our website, matradayradio.com. Also find us and share us on Facebook, Matre Day Radio. Monday through Friday mornings at this time. Also in the evenings, check out our Encore at 8 p.m. Lisa Duffy with us by phone. Her website is lisaduffy.com. You can see her various books, the blog, and a lot of information about her Journey of Hope support program as we're talking about healing after divorce, particularly as we look at Catholics dating after divorce. And uh, what an amazing journey that you've been able to share with us so far, Lisa. Give us uh, an idea of when this idea of journey of hope, the support program and putting this together and then being able to offer it to communities has come up in your ministry. Well, when I remarried in 2000 and I was uh, pregnant with my first child, I 
really briefly was not supposed to be able to have children. Um, I had lost three in miscarriage in my first marriage and had a surgery to correct it all and was told I was sterilized. Mm-hmm. So um, I have three miracle children. And when <laughs> I was pregnant with that first one, I, I was just bursting with joy over how God had taken me from such a broken person to where I was that time. So uh, there's just no way when God is that good to you that you can shut up. <laughs> you, you have to talk about it. And I just thought, well, what is the best way to do this? And I just felt, you know, addressing that pain that people are, are suffering through alone is the best way. And doing it through the church, through the parish, someplace that I wanted someone to reach out to me was going to be the best way. So I just spent that time, um, you know, doing, thinking about what were the most critical issues that I faced, and then I developed this program that, intro, um, that uh, you know, addressed all those issues. And at first it was just um, in the Archdiocese of Atlanta, where I lived at the time, and it was something I printed out and put into a notebook for the participants. But I did it for years and years, and, and eventually I thought, you know, this is not enough. So um, it, that program in the notebook became the book Divorce Catholic Now What and the, and the workbook. And then I wrote and produced and directed the Voices of Hope DVD. And just a note about that, um, the DVD has a chapter, a video chapter for each chapter in the book, but all those people in that video have gone through the Journey of Hope program with mm, me. Mm-hmm. So I was confident in their, the answers that they would have to my questions. I think it's very effective, it's very honest, but it's also very Catholic. And that's what I really wanted to do, was I wanted something that was truly Catholic um, that would help people stay close to the faith. Right. Well, I see on your website you have a Journey of Hope conference coming up in August in Charleston, South Carolina for divorce recovery, and our listeners can take advantage of that. If people want to bring something a little closer to home, maybe on the West Coast, there's an opportunity for that as well. Yes? Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm happy to go anywhere to speak to people if it brings them some consolation and some hope and helps them stay close to the faith. So many people out there just kind of automatically assume that because of their civil divorce that they're not welcome at at church, Um, and that's totally not true. Mm -hmm. A civil divorce decree in and of itself does not prohibit you from receiving the sacraments. And what I like to remind people of, you know, people who are going through a divorce is, is that the one thing that prohibits anyone from receiving the sacraments, whether you're married, divorced, widowed, religious, doesn't matter is just being outside the state of grace. So as long as you're in the state of grace, please come. Mm -hmm. You know, that's such an important message to get out. Yeah, yeah. And I want to have you share, Lisa, some suggestions you have for our listeners, because I know people have been listening who either have experienced divorce or they have a close friend or family member who maybe are currently experiencing or going through divorce. What are ways in which we can offer support, encouragement, uh, all of those things to be supportive in our communities? That's a great question. I think um, keeping in mind that Pope Francis has asked all of us to be workers in the field, bringing the wounded home to the field hospital, mm-hmm. is a great way to kind of think of being supportive to someone who is going through a divorce. One thing that's really important is, you know, from my own personal experience, I would go to work and go home and live like a hermit because I was in such pain and I didn't, you know, I felt like an outcast often, that I just stayed alone. And it would have been great if someone had checked in on me, you know, a phone call or maybe, you know, um, just dropping by to see, are you okay? Can I, you know, bring you a meal? Can I, something like that, especially for a spouse going through this with children, you know, maybe take the kids and, and babysit for a while and let them have some personal time or anything that is a nice personal touch I can't tell you how much that would be appreciated. Also, being listened to, have the opportunity to um, sit down and talk with someone about what's happened to you. I think a lot of people feel 
they shy away from that because they feel like they may be condoning divorce if they sit down and, you know, spend time with that person. But it's totally not true. It's just mm-hmm. being compassionate. It's helping. It's being um, like uh, Simon of Cyrene, helping that person carry that cross. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's very good. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned that, Simon of Cyrene, we are approaching the Lenten season, and I just think this is a time where all of us can can have that experience of, of discerning and maybe trying to figure out, where is the Lord calling me, and what pains am I experiencing that I need to really offer up to the Lord? Suggestions that you have of how people can really embrace this time of Lent, who are currently experiencing pain in their relationships, in uh, a, a divorce, in uh, and maybe feeling lonely and isolated from the Church? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think um, that it's easy to feel like, especially during the sacrificial part of mm-hmm. Lent, you know, it's easy to feel begrudging. It's like, Lord, don't I have enough pain already? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, what, what are you trying to do to me? But um, go, to, go to your parish activities and be a part of your community because you are welcome and you are an important part. And it's, it's important to have a balance between alone time, you need alone time, but you also need community. And if you partake of parish activities during Lent, the parish mission, um, uh, Ash Wednesday, all the various things, the Stations of the Cross that might be offered, you're going to, um, it's going to console you. It's going to make you feel like you are still connected to your Catholic family. Um, So I think that that's really important. But you also might, uh, another suggestion might be to just kind of Instead of making a sacrifice, um, add something to your day, such as taking 10 minutes in the morning to make a list of your blessings, because there's always blessings, even in the midst of chaos. And make, you know, pray to God, thank Him for your blessings, and start your day out on a positive note. That's uh, an, an easy and worthwhile thing to do for Lent. Mm-hmm. What helped you, Lisa, in your prayer life as you were on that journey with healing and hope? Were there particular things for you that helped you in your daily prayer life? Yes, and in being part of a Catholic community was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, over in the Connecticut area, there are a lot of Catholics, and I happen to work, as I mentioned, for the uh, National Catholic Register. So being part of that community was very helpful. Um, but also, uh, you know, just receiving the sacraments as often as possible. Um, I, I tended to be someone who was not good at spontaneous prayer or conversation with God. I kind of stuck to the things that I had been raised with, the rosary and um, some of those rote uh, prayers. Not that there's anything wrong with that. The rosary is amazing. But um, I think really trying to set aside time to learn how to converse with God was a big help for me. Mm -hmm. And have that time to really spend, as you mentioned, that alone time is important, but the community time. If you can Mm -hmm. get to daily mass or a couple of days out of the week that you can carve out to be in that community, oh, critical. Yes, and adoration also. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, thinking back, um, that's where I started adoration was, when I wanted to fortify my relationship with God, um, I just realized, I, I don't think I really realized that that was out there before, but I made the most of adoration, and I still do, because that uh, alone time with Christ um, is just so special, and uh, it's not anything you can get anywhere else. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. Yeah. Did you encounter along the way, Lisa, any um, saints who maybe are good for novenas or intercession for divorced Catholics that were helpful for you? Well, you know, um, St. Rita is mm-hmm. a great one. She was not only a divorced uh, Catholic, but she was an abused spouse, unfortunately. she And she's also the saint of impossible cases. Mm-hmm. St. Jane de Chantal is the patron of uh, single parents. Um, she was not divorced, but she uh, struggled mightily with being a single parent. Um, but, you know, a couple of my favorites are really Padre Pio. Padre Pio uh, has been a very generous saint in my life. He's, I know, 
prayed on my behalf to God so many times. Um, and Saint, oh, his name is slipping my mind. I hate this. Uh, he built Saint Joseph's Oratory in Montreal. Saint Andre Bassett. Um, yeah. Yes. One of my absolute favorites because he was so simple mm-hmm. and and so humble yet so powerful in bringing people to healing and bringing people to God. So those are yeah. Some of the ones I'd recommend. Yeah. Good companions along the road to recovery and healing. Fantastic. Lisa Duffy with us again. Her website is lisaduffy.com and several of the resources are right there on her homepage. In fact, I'm just going to scroll down, but the link to the Journey of Hope Conference in Charleston, South Carolina, August 4th through 6th is there. So you can click on there and find out more information. Or if you'd like to bring Lisa out to the West Coast, I know she'd love to travel out this way. You can visit her on the website. A final message that you have for for our listeners today, Lisa, uh, about your Journey of Hope program and really about this process of healing? Yes, um, and thank you for that opportunity. I just want to say to anyone out there who's really struggling with being divorced is don't let, just remember that the label of divorce does not define who you are. You are not suddenly just divorced, the sum of divorce. You are a a child of God. You were created with a a specific purpose in life. You've got gifts and talents, and the future awaits you. It holds good things for you. Divorce is not the end. So um, cling to your faith. Do your best to start moving down the path to healing, and just know that God is going to bless you. He, in Romans 8.28, we, you know, are told that He uses our circumstances, as horrible as they may be, for our good if we are faithful to him. So trust in that, and uh, God will bless you, and you will be happy again. Amen to that. Lisa Duffy with us again, a Road to Healing and Journey of Hope support program. Thank you, Lisa, for your yes to Christ, and I look forward to having you back on the program in the future. Thank you, Dina Marie. It was great to speak with you. All right. God bless. Again, her website is lisaduffy.com. Journey of Hope Conference coming up in August of 2017 in Charleston, South Carolina. And as we do come to a close today on this edition of our in-person series, I'll close with these words from Bishop and Martyr St. Polycarp, who we celebrate today, who said, Leave me as I am. The one who gives me strength to endure the fire will also give me strength to stay quite still on the pry, even without the persecution of your nails. St. Polycarp, pray for us. Peace be with you as together we continue to share the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ and build that bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's Matraday Radio. God bless you. You've been listening to In Person with Dina Marie. For more about this program and the morning drive, visit us online at moderndayradio.com. That's moderndayradio.com. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen. Amen.